Hello and welcome back to the Project 99 podcast. It is January 29th, 2022. We're not in nuclear war yet. <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I was a teenager when nuclear war was like at the forefront of <clears throat> everybody's mind and um, for the first time I kind of think I mean, we had enough weapons to destroy the whole world at that point because I mean, I guess my parents were like the Cold War people and they worried about you know, bombs getting dropped, but nothing like in the 80s with Russia. You know what I mean? Now here we are again <laughs> with enough weapons to destroy the planet multiple times over. But I guess I look at human history and say, well, all wars have been fought for the purpose of, you know, gaining land, gaining resources, dominating other people's. Like there's a motivation for war. And if you do, if you nuke each other, there's really nothing gained like I don't nobody worry about wins. so I mean war. I don't think an accident yes I do worry about someone thinking that someone fired a weapon and then someone else saying fire the weapons fire the missiles fire the missiles but I'm tired <laughs> fine have a nap then fire the missiles <laughs> yeah I don't worry about it at all I was actually just talking to someone about it uh because my brother had made the comment about preparing for nuclear fallout and I was like I'm prepared I have at least one bullet and he's like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, it means I ain't fucking living a nuclear fallout, man. You're out of your mind. I have zero desire. Like, I barely want to live in the shithole that we live in now. <laughs> and you want me to? No, I'm good. I'm fucking good. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie The Day After, I mean, it was made in the 80s, the late 80s. And um, it's completely horrifying because, you know, obviously there's the scene of the blast where everybody's, you know, at the park with their kids at the playground or whatever. And then there's the military people. They're the only ones that are really realize what's going to happen. So they're deciding whether they should man their posts or try to get home to their families or do whatever. And so there's like this panic and then there's the flash of light and like, you know, like millions of people are obliterated, but then it shows like the aftermath. The aftermath like, is the scariest part. That's what kills me is that everyone I that I've ever talked to that's like, oh, I could survive in a nuclear fallout. And I'm like, have you ever watched like the videos made by the government, different governments all around mm -hmm. the world of what happens? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, here's the impact of where major cities are. These people are destroyed instantly. That's right. the easy part. Mm -hmm. In three months, everybody's dead because there's no food left. There's no food. There's no land. Poisoned. Like you can't, there's no water. There's just nothing. And then you know, the uh, nuclear winter yeah, on top of that. Nuclear winter. I mean. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Slow death. Yeah. I'd just be hoping that in the rubble, I could find a bullet and a firearm somewhere. Yeah, for That's sure. pretty much it. That's it. I mean. Like, no, yeah. thank you. So, and I don't, I don't really believe that any government, you know, wants that. As a matter of fact, I think it's very possible that they have some kind of um like the weapons are still there but there's they've been almost deactivated <laughs> um i've heard some ufo reports though where people said that you know ufos were sighted in the vicinity of uh, nuclear arsenals and um computer systems were shut down or activated by the presence of these ufos what? Yeah, you never heard this story. No, that's insane. Oh yeah, you can look it up. But um, if it's on the internet, it must be true. But mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, no, it scared like quote, the military direct, people quote there yeah. from Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, well, we live in a world of fantasy right now, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Oh yeah, and speaking of you know things you read on the internet, did you hear about uh, Bette Midler's? comment about West Virginia a few weeks ago no but I saw like um, a little news clip where it showed um, the governor holding up his dog his dog's ass, ass and yes. telling her to kiss the dog's ass yeah so a couple weeks ago uh, Bette Midler tweeted what Joe Manchin who represents a, sm a population smaller than Brooklyn has done to the rest of America who wants to move forward not backward like his state is horrible he sold us out he wants us to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. And of course, people uh, had backlash to that. And then people from West Virginia pretended like they cared and also had backlash. And I was just like, are you guys even really from West Virginia? Because if you were, you'd know that she's not wrong. Well, like we have the worst education. We okay. are all in poverty. We have a terrible drug problem. Like, yeah, Joe Manchin but is listen, not anybody who should listen, be. <laughs> this is the problem I have with people like Bette Midler. I mean, no, I get it. You shouldn't talk shit because. You are the person that claims that you want to help states like no, no, this. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's not that. I mean, it's the fact that 
all these liberals in the big inner cities, you know, or big cities, I should say, metropolises, whatever, were more than happy that West Virginia over the years has had literally no political power, no political say, no political sway, no control over our own natural resources to make money while people from out of state came in here and raped the landscape and made money and left West Virginia just as poor as it was before they got here. All those elites had no problem with all of that being done to West Virginia, but then want to turn around and poke fun at the fact that we have poor education and the fact that we're a poor state and we, we have people on drugs. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I think she has a point with that. Like, clearly, Joe Manchin. But she's someone, one of the same people that someone who's responsible our state in the first place. Yeah, because what is she supposed to do about it? She's not even here to vote. I mean, if you keep electing people like Joe Manchin, then it's like, I'm assuming people I know, people but people from, like her have a lot of power, and they don't care to use it ever to help people like us. Hey, I just think the point is made that, look at our fucking state, Joe Manchin <laughs> represents. Mm-hmm. We don't want whatever you're doing to West Virginia and the rest of the country. I can understand that. Well, that's totally true. Totally legitimate. That's true. But if, if elites, you know, like her, wouldn't immediately attribute everything that we choose about our life to be ignorant... Like the fact that we believe in a right to have firearms, if they wouldn't immediately be like, oh, those ignorant West Virginians, all they care about their guns and their bowels, make fun of us and shit. Like if they would actually realize that we have a culture and a way of life here and not everybody is, uh, you know, an inbred with their brother and sister and just clinging on to their guns and their Bible. Like, yeah, a lot of us do believe in gun rights. That doesn't make us ignorant. It makes us have a different culture than you have in New York. Yeah, but I feel like if you choose to vote for gun rights over your access to health care, then... <laughs> but that wasn't necessarily a choice until recently. I mean, that's true. That's I mean, true. West Virginia was a union state for all the good that did us, you know? But, yeah, I don't, I don't ever care for when elites want to criticize West Virginia because they've not ever lifted a finger to do anything to help our state. So our state's just been on its own. And that's the way they pretty much keep it out because, you know what I mean? So anyway, that's in the news again, even though that was a couple weeks ago, because um, I guess in the the fire back of the, the backlash of that, um, Jim Justice held up his dog's ass um, <laughs> and told people like Bette Midler to kiss his dog's ass. That's funny, um, though. He said, judging from these rankings, I'd say... His or she said, judging from these rankings, I'd say his dog's ass would make a better governor than him, is what she said in response wow. to that, which is pretty funny. But yeah, I can't believe he just actually did that. That's and then, funny. Um, I think it's funny. I mean, she's probably never had anybody ever talk to her that way before. I guess, but I don't, I kind of agree with uh, Sean Fluharty, the um, um, West Virginia House Minority Democrat. Who was like, basically was just like, man, that's fucking embarrassing. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I agree with him. I mean, I get it. It's like kind of funny because it's just like, yeah, you're not from here. Don't talk shit about here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're right. A lot of people that in big cities look at West Virginia like some backwoods. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, part of me is like, yeah, I can't fucking blame them because mm-hmm. look at the shit that we do. Look right. at the shit that hits the headlines about us. No, I get I mean, it. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, it's nice to sit back. It's kind of like if you were a parent, you were strung out on drugs and never took care of your kid, left them him hungry, whatever, and then the kid grew up and got arrested, and you have the audacity to criticize that your kid got arrested? Well, what the hell? Like, what did you ever do for your kid? You know what I mean? They want to only want to pull us into the country now that Joe Manchin has a little bit of say over any, And Joe Manchin's not any more powerful than anybody else. It just comes down to the fact that they all agree, and he doesn't. And I don't like Joe Manchin, and I disagree with everything that he's doing. But I'm just saying, like, it's a convenient scapegoat. For the fact that Joe Biden does not inspire anyone. He is like as exciting as an old leather shoe you find at the thrift store. Like, Can I just woo-hoo. say though, how fucking West Virginia is it that the governor took his fucking dog to his state of the Senate address? Who? Why? Why? Why, why is your dog even there, bro? I don't know. Even why wouldn't your dog be there? What the fuck? It's so fucking strange. I mean, I don't want to be ignorant, but I've seen some dogs that are cleaner than some people. And it just like, well, you can't bring a dog in here. You know what I mean? It just seems like, uh, I don't know, something that you shouldn't do. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> in in uh, European countries, I saw dogs in restaurants. I mean, it's just not a... He's a governor. 
Why are you bringing your dog to your speeches, man? <laughs> so you, apparently, so you could lift up its ass apparently. and tell people to kiss it. I just, I don't know. <laughs> All of it's just comical, but again, like, yeah, bizarre. Jesus Christ. Can West Virginia do anything that's just... Well, I know we can't get the uh, temperature gauge up. How about this sucky weather? Dude, I haven't seen this such snow in so long. I mean, it's not even being buried in snow. It's the super cold. Like, the other day, I got in the car to go to work. It was negative 1. And when I got to work, it was negative 10. Like, negative 10. I mean, I know there's places colder, but <laughs> when you go out there and your lungs hurt when you breathe in. <laughs> yeah, well, is that the is that the cold or is that the air quality? Because <laughs> that too. West Virginia ranks one of the worst. <laughs> And air quality. So in some other, uh, a little bit of local news, being the biggest city closest to us, uh, did you hear about the bridge collapse in Pittsburgh? Yeah, but I didn't know, I haven't heard what caused it. Terrible infrastructure. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. I read an article somewhere, which I couldn't find, so I don't know how true it was that uh, Biden was supposed to be in Pennsylvania to talk about infrastructure. Yeah, to... Like right before this bridge collapsed? <laughs> no, I think he went there because of it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm not really sure. That was what I read. I saw an article, and I hate when like you open Instagram and you can see a post, which is where I saw it. Mm-hmm. And then like as soon as the page refreshes, it fucking disappears and you can't ever find it again. But either way, um, Frick Park Bridge collapsed. They said 10 people were injured and four were sent to the hospital. So, I mean, I guess at least at this point there are no fatalities from it. So that's good. Um it was pretty fucking wild because I was literally just in Frick Park like, I don't know, a week or two ago I went up there to get VHS tapes from a guy. And I, I'm going to have to go back and see like, because they have the Google app that tells you mm-hmm. like where you go, like tracks your location, wherever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to see if this is one of the bridges that we went over because it's the first time I was ever in that area and no reason to ever be over in that like Frick Park, Frick mm-hmm. Park, uh, Shadyside, all that area. Mm-hmm. But that's where this guy lived that I got these tapes, so... I don't know. We just feel it feels a little bit like some final destination shit. Like I was just there okay, last so week. It says Joe Biden visits Pittsburgh Bridge collapsed hours before infrastructure speed. So in other words, he was already planning and everything, you know, for president to visit somewhere. There's right. planning way ahead of time. So he went there to talk about infrastructure and the bridge collapsed just hours before his speech. That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So he went to the site. I knew he went to the site, which means tells you he went there after it happened. But I did not know he was there before it even happened. That's crazy. It says, yeah, hours before President Joe Biden's scheduled speech in Pittsburgh about his historic $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan. Ganey said the bridge over hot dog damn, hot dog damn dog park. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's <laughs> hot dog damn dog park. Wow was inspected just last September, but the results of that inspection were not immediately known. Um, from what I read later, too, is that when that inspection was done, that they knew that the bridge was in awful, horrible mm-hmm. condition, um, which I'm sure we'll hear later on excuses why it wasn't taken care of. Well, and we'll also hear conspiracy theories that Biden had people blow the bridge up or somehow cause it oh to fall God, down. Oh, my God, you're right. So that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God, you're right. I can't wait to hear Alex about Alex Jones is probably already talking about it. The false flags. Oh, my God. You're probably right. So another story about that, uh, too, I thought was worth mentioning um, was Pittsburgh paramedic uses his own vehicle to rescue victims from bridge collapse, which just seemed like something worth mentioning with all the bad seemed like uh i don't know just something nice to a reminder that the world is not all evil i guess yeah uh pittsburgh paramedic john adkinson was on his way to the scene of the bridge collapse friday morning when he heard other first responders were having trouble getting victims out of the ravine he offered to use his own four-wheel drive pickup truck that he had just bought several months ago and i'm like wow if that is not a (laughs) west virginia pennsylvania ohio thing to do like Y'all got some people stuck under a bridge. I just bought a new truck. Let me get out there. I know. Like, I know. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> like people in this area, like you can make fun of people in this area, but people do like actually like to rescue other people. We like to help other people. Like that's sure. a cool thing that people like to do. Like, you know, you see guys driving around these big trucks, but a lot of them like do have winches and stuff on their truck and just like look for people to help. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's very, uh, that's very true. Very West Virginia. And actually, one of our drivers, I work at a um, bakery supply place, and uh, one of our drivers went out in the van 
of course the weather was crap um and he was in amish country delivering and i uh, got stuck in a snowbank and was pulled out by the amish using horses i don't know i mean okay i got my own beef with the amish but typically when i talk to people that like say derogatory things about the amish i can never find out what it really is why they don't like them you know what i mean like the amish run some horrible horrible puppy mills and that's my beef with them especially the one the you know like amish country where mm-hmm. near where we are mm-hmm. like known for having puppy mills and that mm-hmm. shit is fucked up and i'm so against that I know so that's my beef with, them. with the dog from there and they were like oh we got this dog and i was like oh my god yeah they have no idea but yeah so that's that's horrible but like if you don't know about that what the fuck is your beef with beef with the amish like I mean, some people think that even just like, like you ever see them shopping at Walmart and shit, yeah. and people like stare at them and give them dirty look, and I'm like, what? What is your fucking? I mean, fucking some Amish of it is like- a culture clash, but um, some people feel like they're like a culture within a culture, like they don't assimilate with the rest of the country, and that if- Americans are so fucking offended by people that don't assimilate to American culture. Yeah, like, if- you come to America, you got to be American, you got to speak American. <laughs> It's weird because, like, just one county over, being in Ohio County, um, you know, go out to St. Clairsville area, you'll see Amish people shopping at Walmart and stuff. But I never saw that in Marshall County. But in Marshall County, we have a lot of Hare Krishnas because of the Palace of Gold. And Mm -hmm. growing up, people were always awful to them. Mm -hmm. Said awful, called them uh, hairy critters, all kinds of, like, derogatory names and slurs and yeah, they just treated them really bad and I never got that. I just assumed it was because they were brown and they, those people, people saying that were racist Mm -hmm. but now i'm just coming to learn that like it's just people that are different it doesn't even matter yeah at all because the amish are as white as snow and still yeah people like Mm -hmm. they just fucking you just see it like they just look at them like i think there's y'all don't belong here yeah and i think there's a perception (laughs) that people who are different than you think they're better than you and i don't know where that comes from in human psychology that just because someone is different there has to be a ranking there has to be above and below and some we can't just be different that's like it's just not a thing like you can't just be equal but different it just doesn't exist so if you're Amish and I'm not Amish one of us got to be better than the other one and and obviously I think I'm better than you and you obviously think you're better than me it's like where the does that come from we don't have to be in constant competition with everybody like it's so irritating like somebody I know that I work with um got a poster like and it was for the workplace, but I don't even know what it was about. But they sent one in English and one in Spanish because a lot of people speak Spanish in the United States of America. And they were like, oh, we don't need this one. We can throw this away. <laughs> it was just like, they were so happy to throw away the Spanish fish. And I'm like, wow, I mean, America. Yeah, right? That shit always weirds me out. I just don't when get it. When people like celebrate something that doesn't need celebrated just to make it a point that like. Yeah. I mean, I'm so fascinated by cultures all over the place and i want to learn about their languages and their customs and how they dress i mean i think it's just interest endlessly interesting and i don't get people who are so afraid of anything that's different i don't know where that comes from yeah i think it's definitely a personality thing uh i don't necessarily i used to think that like maybe it was linked to like where you live or where you grow up I and think I, rural I, areas are well, definitely yeah, more I mean. xenophobic. Than I think that city. in rural areas, I used to think that's what it was. Like mm-hmm. everybody in West Virginia was um, looking at everyone else. Like if you're not like me, then you're looking down on me. It's a very common right. thing. And I have met a lot of people like that. But maybe it's just um, generational change. Uh, maybe like greater exposure to things on the internet. You know, my generation is like the first one to have mass internet access. And so I wonder if that exposure makes people more tolerant. I'm sure it does um, because I, I find that less and less with people my age. Um, I mean, most sure of the there's time, like a desensitization to things that are not like you because you're just, you see a lot more things and you're like, nah, okay, that's different. But, but I really think that there, there are two types of brains, and I've said this many times on this podcast. There's people who have brains that are wired for hierarchy, and people whose brains are wired for collectiveness, right. collectivity. And so if your brain is wired for hierarchy, you automatically have this idea that someone's above and below. And if you're just a collectivist, you're like, hey, every single person that's different from me has something to bring to the collective to make it more valuable. And so we should figure out what that is. 
And so it's when you run it, it's almost like they speak a whole different language or psychology is all completely different. So it is. It weird. is. I've, I've dealt with a, quite a few people like that. And um, as an adult, because I feel like growing up, I never I never interacted with anyone like that, I guess, or didn't wasn't close enough for them to realize that's how they were. Mm-hmm. And the older I got and the more people I interacted with like that it was it was very strange mm-hmm. it was strange mm-hmm. because i just um i started hearing that phrase when people would get to know me better they like oh when i met you i thought you were such a bitch like stuck up thought you were better than me and now now i realize that's not true and i'm just like what the fuck Why about me think, yeah. possibly gave you that impression like right. i am the most easygoing like, well, people rank themselves against other people. Like, if yeah, someone's like, really attractive can, or not like, attractive, they rank themselves automatically against somebody else, and then it's, like, in their mind. But I can kind of see that if somebody gives off the presence, like, you know, a super pretty girl walks in with all this makeup and hair and expensive clothes, and, like, you see someone like that, and you're like, oh, man, maybe they are looking around thinking, like, this place is a dump. But I'm like, yeah, f- fucking look at me. You know what I mean? But, like, they, but <laughs> no, look, but you're a pretty girl, but you don't rely on that, but you're very smart, and you come across very smart. And some people are just as intimidated by intelligence as they are by by beauty. But yeah, that's like the, the best compliment, by the way, that you made me just think. Jermaine always says about me and you that um, because I I told him one time that I don't understand why people say that about me that I'm intimidating because I'm fucking five feet tall and barely a hundred pounds. And he was like, "Yeah, but you and your mom both are like have an intimidating presence." Hmm. And I'm like, "That's Weird. not the first time I've heard that." <laughs> but like. I, again, like we're constantly joking about stuff, and like we constantly make an effort to like not talk down to people at, at when ease, we're yeah. talking about shit. So I'm like, that's really funny to me, but I think he's right, and I've started to pick up on that that people are like intimidated. I've tried even to um, a couple different people. I'm like, why don't you come on the show and talk about this topic or whatever? They start talking with me, and they're like, oh, I don't know, just because. I just don't know a lot about. I'm like, why do you think that we're like some sources yeah, of all just, knowing? Like, we don't know shit. We just yeah. like. We just make it up. Read about on. stuff and then try and to cover about, it. It's like, our opinion. You know, that's it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I was, when I'm, I, there's a book I want to talk about briefly. It's called My Opposition. I just started reading it, but I've wanted to read it for so long. Um, so I'm so excited that I got it. But um, it's a diary of a man who was, who was living in Germany and he moved to a rural area because as the Nazi movement began to get, gain steam, he, he was anti-Nazi and it kind of got around in the area where he where he was at. Wait, so he was Antifa? Yeah, he was Antifa, <laughs> big time. But yeah, so he realized that, you know, he was kind of known as a, quote, troublemaker and stuff where he lived. And he could see that they were rising to power. So he moved to a rural area, which turned out the percentage of people who voted for the Nazi party in the area he used to live in was like 36%. Like, no, it was 36% nationwide, but in the area he moved to, it ended up being like 70%. So it was kind of like moving from like, you know, DC to Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking you're getting into a less, you know, racist area. But anyway, um, and and it's fascinating because he kept this diary and he buried it in his, his, under his floorboards because he knew if it got discovered that, you know, he would be, um, maybe imprisoned or executed or whatever um and it was found and i guess um his grandson his son and grandson ended up bringing it um to where it was published and whatnot but it's so fascinating because it's like a time capsule of the thought process of a person who lives there and there was all of this debate which is the, fascinating i mean isn't that what made the diary of Anne frank so fascinating right. was, exactly because it's real time it's a first-hand account and it is anecdotal in the sense that it's one person's perspective on it, you know. So, I mean, if you get a diary of Rush Limbaugh in the 80s, like, you're getting his persp- only his perspective, right? So you got to take that into account. But, but you know, so many times after um, World War II, people ask themselves, like, what was going on in Germany that allowed this atrocity to happen and to go on and to go on and to go on? And a lot of people said the German people didn't know that Jews were being executed, that it was very secretive. There was this whole big theory that was basically whitewashing what happened in Germany. And, you know, I remember being in high school in my first years of college and hearing, you know, theories uh, in sociology uh, class about that, the theory that, um, you know, the average German didn't support Nazism, but um, but they were either afraid or they didn't know how bad it was or whatever. And that's a bunch of horseshit. 
um, you know, there were very courageous German people who helped smuggle Jews out of the country. I mean, it wasn't a blanket, but it was kind of like a Trumpian movement. It was like a lot of people were energized and, you know, when you see all those smiling faces given the, the Heil Hitler salute as he's parading by, they're not all faking those smiles. People, right, yeah, exactly. On. It was a movement. Um, it wasn't seen in the perspective we see it now. And so I can't wait to read this book. And really, I mean, we've talked on, on our show many times about the similarities between the Re- Republican Party and where it's headed right now and the rise of the Nazi you know, regime. There's a lot of really frightening similarities. Um, so I'll keep you updated on it, but it was it, one of the first things I read in the, I'm only into the introduction part of the book. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he, the name of the gentleman who wrote it um, is Friedrich Kellner. And one of the things that he talks about is the, the way the people, the masses are swayed by the propaganda they hear the way they're so motivated and he says they're so ignorant they believe anything because it's what they want to hear and I think about that now like how um you know people listen to their own silo of news and don't it's and it's beyond unreal I mean Fox News CNN has their own brand of propaganda but Fox News is just out of the ballpark I mean they have people leaving their network now and coming out and saying you know it's insane what goes on at Fox News and um you had this week Tucker Carlson actually asking a Republican which most of the Republicans even if they're kind of on the right farther right side um support Ukraine yeah, because it's fucking Russia. I mean, how right. how is any Ronald Reagan era Republican not immediately against Russia in okay. anything? I'll tell you how. And we talked about this before whenever we, we talked about Ukraine, whenever the impeachment hearings were going on, when Donald Trump made the perfect phone call to, to Zelensky, um, basically threatening that he wasn't going to give him military aid unless he dug up some dirt on Biden. Um, and we did that whole episode on Ukraine talking about how the... Um, Democratic Party has affiliated itself with the Ukrainian, pro-European Ukrainians, and the Republican Party has become associated with the pro-Russian Ukrainians. And, um, you know, all of this, all of this problem, I guess, if you, if you will, that happened with Ukraine, as you'll find if you research history, every major world problem today between groups of people is caused by the artificial uh, drawing of borders that weren't there before you know India and Pakistan you got the Kashmir district um, you know in the the Middle East it's all about countries that got created out of agreements that didn't involve the people there and what happened with the Soviet Union was they were one massive colossal country and then they broke up into these individual countries well when that happened it was uh, kind of chaotic. There was a lot of corruption in the old Soviet Union. And so you had all of these oligarchs created out of the process of the country breaking up. People that basically swindled money out of what was left of the government. And even though the Soviet Union wasn't wealthy as a country per se, when you only have you know maybe a handful of people dividing up the money of an entire country, you get some pretty rich fucking oligarchs. Now, those people needed to hide that money they needed to launder that money. So they made contact with other very wealthy people in real estate and, um, you know, the banking industry, whatever, to hide all this illegal money they stole. That's where the connection between Donald Trump and the Russians came in because they bought a lot of these oligarchs, bought properties from Donald Trump to kind of launder their money, whatnot. So that connection started in like 1989, um, in the years right after that. Now, obviously there's a lot more going on, but you do have a lot of Russian money coming into the Republican Party. I mean, look what happened with, um, uh, you know, Igor Froman. Remember the two guys that Giuliani was hanging out with, the pro-Russian Ukrainians? Mm-hmm. Um, they, Lev Parnov and Igor Froman. 
So they were, I guess, helping to get money from wealthy Russians into the, the campaigns of GOP candidates. So that's why some of the Republicans will were supporting Russia. You had Michael Flynn over there giving talks, which is what got him fired from his job with Donald Trump, was that he was over there hanging out at a dinner with uh, Vladimir Putin, sitting right next to him. So there's a heavy Russian influence there. But you also have to remember that senators like Lindsey Graham, who support Ukraine, they also live in states where there's heavy defense contracting industries. So where do you think all of the uh, money, the weaponry that's being shipped to Ukraine by the United States, where does all the profits from that come from? You know what I'm saying? War is a business. It makes a lot of money for a lot of people. And the, a lot of those, um, you know, military contractors, they get contracts from the government to build planes, to build tanks, to build all kind of stuff for the military. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they set up their shop in a state, and that state gets good employment and taxes. <clears throat> so there you have it. I just wonder, I mean, me personally, I know um, my brother is convinced we're on the verge of a nuclear war. I'm not really convinced of that. And um, a few different people who have talked to me about like, oh, are you actually concerned? Because, you know, people make memes and people make TikToks and whatever. And they uh, they're, oh, we're all on the verge of blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, for a comedy routine, this is like, whatever. It's funny. Let's joke about grim and serious things. But in all reality, uh, I just don't think anybody has anything to be worried about. It's all mutually assured destruction. And in reality, if it's going to fucking happen, there's nothing that you can do about it. And it'll be over fairly quickly. So I'm just like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't get all the hype about it. I feel like this, like everything else is just another one of those quote unquote close calls we'll look back on in history. And I don't know. It's just all... <clears throat> It just all seems, maybe I'm just desensitized. The media hypes up every conflict in the world like it's about to be the end. And I'm just like, well, even if it is, I just don't care anymore. Well, and you know, when you read a lot of books um, on history, presidential history in particular, you find out that behind the scenes, a lot of um, decisions made by presidents, people in high positions in government, are basically based on politics. So, I mean, you even had presidents do uh, military actions to, um, you know, they accused Clinton of doing bombings to distract from the Monica Lewinsky incident. Um, You know, Nixon was making decisions in office based on how it was going to affect his poll numbers. So, I mean, you know, read almost any historical book about a president and the decisions they made in office and you'll find that that's true so i don't know okay so next i wanted to talk about what you think about the supreme court pick after um Stephen breyer's retirement i mean well, what do you think is going to happen thank with that? god he retired that's the first thing because you know of all the things that um you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. She should have fucking retired. She should have retired. I said the same thing. People are like, how dare you say that? I'm like, no, fuck that. Get a grip. Get a grip. So, and I think it's completely hypocritical that the Republicans are already whining about the fact that Biden's already going to take a month just to pick somebody. They had Amy Coney Barrett picked and nominated and through the process and whatever in like, what, a week? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I mean, so for them to sit there and cry about the fact that Biden's gonna speed this along and like why do they joke. why do they do this shit too I don't know why Democrats drag this shit I'm like you are not telling me that the day that he took office that you did not already have a list of people I know. picked out I know. you're out of your fucking mind they try to pretend like oh we're taking this process and we're just you know taking our time to decide like fuck you you guys were scheming just like Republicans do exactly. now stop trying to save face better, yeah just fucking do what needs to be done yeah like yeah, but so uh, that's, some people are worried about the midterm elections, you know, threatening whatever pick he he has. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think that in the midterm elections, we are going to have a red wave because <laughs> Biden's fucking approval ratings are in the toilet. Mm-hmm. He, he's done nothing. 
since he's got into office. And now we're coming around to time where regardless of whether it's his fault or not, we know the general public is looking at things like less money in their tax returns and higher gas prices. And that's just going to make them angry. It doesn't It's not really a climate that motivates people to go out and vote unless they're voting in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, don't see a blue wave happening. And I think midterms are going to. I mean, it's to- traditionally that whoever becomes a president, the the House and the Senate switch over to the other side. Right. And I think that's just reflective of the fact that even if you're um, pretty strongly on one side, most of America is somewhere in the middle. And we, most of us like the idea of having a counterbalancing effect. We don't want one party in charge of literally everything. Well, that's people what get was complacent disturbing too. about Trump. You know, he, he got in office and then it was like he had the Republicans the house and the senate and then he starts nominating supreme court people and it's like literally there is there anybody left on the other side to argue or stand in his way from doing anything so um i think people just get complacent too when you think your guy's in office you don't really have a lot of motivation to go out and vote yeah you know while people on the other side feel like they're getting defeated at every you know at every mm-hmm. turn mm-hmm. so they're gonna go out and vote against democrats so I worry that we're just going to end up in another situation like that. It's not going to matter who Biden picks because we know they're not going to look at it objectively. They're just going to be like, Biden picked you? No, we refuse. Well, if he does it right now on the same timeline, Amy Cooney Barrett was, was done. He, he can do it before. the. But midterm. do you think he will? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to do it. Yeah. I, I sure as fuck hope no, so. No, I think he's definitely going to push somebody through. And, you know, Mitch McConnell blathered off some nonsense because they know they they can't stop it they're in the same position that the democrats were in with amy Coney barrett right they cannot stop it well i, I sincerely <clears throat> hope that biden takes advantage of the opportunity he has right now because he will but then you're like you're saying there's going to be blowback from that come the midterms we're going to say oh well we got this but it's going to really be hard for them to sell that because they still have a conservative majority the the liberal person the person he puts on there even if they're liberal is only replacing someone who's already a liberal right so you know when they replaced uh ruth bader ginsburg with amy coney barrett like that was a huge swing to the right right um but you know replacing briar with somebody like liberal is like so what it's not really i'm sure the the right will find a way to make it the end of the world story for fox news to talk about but well sure but like they don't even care if they're based in reality so they could make up you know anything they want to make up speaking of people just making shit up um the other thing i had on the list which i think is the last thing i had uh was to talk about joe rogan and spotify removing neil young well neil young removing himself from spotify well spotify removed his songs but that was because neil young was like it's me or him yeah it's from what from what i understand no, right. Is that's right is. and they said sorry you're feeling that way neil but we're gonna remove you right and um yeah i guess uh i mean joe rogan <laughs> my my hey winner. hey rock and roll is not here to stay it's the only fucking new young song i, I don't even you it's know, the only song i know by him but um <laughs> and yeah. then johnny mitchell also followed joni i think joni uh, yeah i no idea who she is never mm-hmm. heard of her uh, which I feel like people. I mean, Spotify's not feeling it because it's not people that's going to really make a huge impact right. on them compared so I'm to. I'm saying Rogan. like I don't like Joe Rogan, but again, I know one Neil Young song off the top of my head, and I don't know Joni Mitchell mm-hmm. at all. So I mean, if I get to look at what kind of money that Rogan's bringing in, it's got to mm-hmm. be more than the two of them probably put together. Well, Joe Rogan's got a massive empire. But here's what's funny though. So Howard Stern. I mean, almost everybody knows who Howard Stern is. He's like a senior citizen now. But like when I was in high school, Howard Stern was like that guy on the radio that was saying like the craziest, like he would say lewd and crazy stuff. Yeah, he's, he's vulgar sometimes. He's, he's extremely vulgar. Dirty. And I think that was his niche. Like that's what got him, or niche, however you say it. That's what got him his popularity was he would literally his, say anything. It's his shtick. His shtick, whatever. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something Howard wow. Stern would say. But, um... Yeah, so uh, Tucker Carlson apparently. Okay, so first of all, he's super pro vac- a vaccine. Howard, Howard Stern. Stern. Howard Stern. And he said that if he was in charge, like people would be mandated to have it or they would suffer fines or maybe be thrown in jail. I don't know. Like some crazy like vaccine regime shit. And, um, you know, Joe Rogan's like anti-vax. So... Howard Stern made some comment about Joe Rogan and then Tucker Carlson jumped into the middle. This is like a pro wrestling of media people. It's so funny. So Tucker Carlson says, you know, 
even though Howard Stern was lewd and crude and whatever, um, he was a voice for uh, freedom of speech and um, he was courageous. He would say anything. And now he's turned into the opposite of himself and um, believes in censorship and, um, you know, that Joe Rogan should be should be uh, kicked off the media. And so anyways, he called him a coward. And he then went further and said that he didn't know if it was because uh, he got older and his hormones changed. <laughs> like kind of saying like you're less of a man now because you're old. So you don't have the balls to say what. I mean, whatever. Tucker Carlson, it amazes me that the character that Michael J. Fox played on the, uh, what was that show he was on, The Family with Justine Bateman? And you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't all in the family. That was fucking, I can't even remember what it was called. It was a dorky show. But anyways, he played like, the parents were hippies and... Michael J. Fox was like the young Reaganite tie-wearing high school student who was like trying to tell his kindergarten age brother he needed to study for his test. And Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyways, uh, he, um, Alec was his name on the show. But anyhow, um, he is like Tucker Carlson grown up. You know, spoiled little Richie Rich kid attitude and Tucker Carlson, if anybody doesn't know, is like the heir to the Swanson Yeah, we talked family. about this last time. Like, Him he's and his a nine fucking names. nerd and a dork, and he didn't ever work a day in his life. So, it just blows my mind, the level of power that this dweeb has managed to get. Did we talk about it last week, um, or the week before, I should say, about Tucker Carlson having a meltdown because the M&Ms aren't sexy enough? No. No? Oh, my God. Okay, so I thought this was a meme, and I had to look it up, and it's not a meme. I have no idea what the difference is, because if you compare the before and after pictures of the the M&Ms, you know, like the little character M&Ms, mm-hmm. I don't see the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tucker Carlson had a meltdown because they changed them, and uh, they're not sexy enough anymore. I mean, in case he hasn't noticed, M&Ms have always been anatomically correct as M&Ms. In other words, they have no fucking genitalia. So what are you talking about sexy for? They're fucking round, flat candy gems, you moron. Wait, now I got to look it up so I can show oh you the... God. Uh, um, That's what I'm talking about. It's like bizarro world over at Fox News, you know what I mean? But I do think while you're looking it up, I want to say that um, I watched a, uh, a clip by um, uh, Pacman, David Pacman. Talking about the intermingling of right-wing media personalities with the government that happened under Trump. Because, you know, media, the, the journalism, the purpose of it is to report on things that are happening factually. And you can't always do that without bias. But the idea is to hold accountable people who are doing things in secret or you know what I mean it's to bring to light and to criticize the people in power like that is the point of journalism and um you know these text messages between Sean Hannity and some other Fox News people um that's come to light through the January 6th investigation is is literally stunning you know, when people laughed because Trump said when he was kind of drifting over to OANN, um, becoming like, because they were even further right wing than Fox. And uh, he criticized Fox and said, you know, they don't they don't work for us anymore. <laughs> and people laugh like you fucking moron. The network is not supposed to work for you. They're not your propaganda. But wait a minute. Yes, they are. And now we're finding out that it, the ties went even deeper than that. It isn't just that Trump would go on Fox News for these softball interviews and they would all genuflect to him and all this crap, but that they were like an arm of the Trump government. That's crazy. And if you want to say, well, all, all journalists do it and it's all biased, turn on CNN these days because they are destroying Joe Biden. Yeah, they really 
aren't a fan destroying him so here's an article by forbes and i think this sums it up pretty good because again when i saw this it was like a screenshot of the broadcast and it had tucker carlson and the picture of the m&ms and the headline read something about m&ms being less sexy and i was like surely this is edited right Mm -hmm. it wasn't and don't call me surely (laughs) Um, So Carlson has tackled important issues such as Elmo's opinions on Black Lives Matter and the supposed cancellation of Dr. Seuss, whose books continue to be massively popular. Recently, Carlson was triggered by a redesign of the M&M cartoon characters used to market the candy. The M&Ms are set to shift their focus for some reason, reflecting a new era of diversity and inclusiveness and a move that amused many Twitter users. The focus on orange M&Ms anxiety proved a particularly popular joke. So here's the post. M&M's iconic mascots are getting updated look and personalities and backstories to align with the fact that consumer value inclusion and belonging more than ever. Green will embrace confidence and a new pair of kicks. Red will tone down the bossiness and orange will acknowledge his anxiety and more. So apparently the green M&M, which was female, has switched from high heels to sneakers and the brown M&M went from thigh high boots to just high heels. And uh, Tucker Carlson is having a meltdown because wow. they are less sexy. Um, it says, in one of the Fox News hosts' most unhinged rants yet, Carlson condemned the chocolate-coated characters as less sexy. Literally his words. Carlson went on to make some odd assumptions regarding the motive of Eminem's marketing team, passionately stating, Eminem's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous, until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. Carlson didn't specify which M&M he'd like to share a drink with, instead going on to empathize with orange M&M's anxiety, speculating maybe he doesn't like all the ugly new shoes he sees around him. Wow. <laughs> Naturally, Carlson's distaste for androgynous peanut candy and kitten heels didn't escape the attention of Twitter users who gleefully took the opportunity to mock the man's unusual taste. Jake Flores said, Hi, t- I'm Tucker Carlson, and here to discuss the liberal woke agenda with me is Glenn Green M&M. Oh my god. And someone, someone and else this said... this is the guy that's in charge of the Republican Party. Of, at Avenger Resistor said, Does Tucker Carlson know you don't actually have sex with the M&Ms? <laughs> oh, my God. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I, it's almost like sometimes I watch the um, characters, right? And it's like I find myself feeling like somebody who attends pro wrestling and who is wondering sometimes are they real is, are these characters real because it's so insane that you're like they have to know they have to be like the mike lindell yeah just a really mentally ill individual who happened to become very successful and is truly mentally ill or is this all just a, is it, are these all just characters rudy giuliani uh sydney powell Lynn Wood, are these real people? Are they actors? Are they being paid to act insane as a distraction? This might be a stretch too, but why does um, the fuck it, Mike Lindell, every time I you say his name and I picture him in my mind, I think of, he's like a real life version of the villain from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Boris? <laughs> like the little fucking mustache and like the pointy nose. Like, I don't know. It's that's Mike Lindell to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boris, yeah. What is his name? Boris Bendonoff or I don't something. Think he has the last name, does he? I don't know. That's him. Yeah. And like, you know, Sidney Powell, it's not been really fully uh, out there in the media the insane things that she said. Like, now they're being sued by Dominion. And Dominion has no interest in settling with any of them. Which they, they shouldn't. want blood. Okay. Um, and they're one of the few entities that right now have the capacity to hold any of these people accountable. Are they going after uh, Giuliani too? Yes. That's what I thought I yeah, read that. Giuliani, Powell, Lynn Wood, um, and, and Mike Lindell. And they filed like a $1.2 billion lawsuit against them. Um, so it, it's weird that that's the only accountability that we can get, you know, Duke and I were talking before we come on the air and I was telling her about Boris Johnson and, you know, the whole uh, party gate scandal that's going on over in the UK because these rumors started trickling out that he was having parties during Christmas during these lockdowns when the, when people were being told they could not go out and see their family for Christmas. Now, 
we complain about lockdowns in the United States, but I guess in the UK it was even more stringent to where like if somebody reported you were having like people in your house that weren't part of your household, they could send the police out and knock on your door. I mean, that's crazy, but like if you have the government being that, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, like oppressive about these rules and then you find out that Boris Johnson, like our people did it too. The governor at California, remember Newsom, uh, he got blasted because he yeah. was having... Get, like, there was no... Our government was never going to be that oppressive about COVID regulations because they knew that... that they're they were like, we're not, caught. we're not following They knew that they shit. were going to do it. Yeah. And they knew they were going to get caught eventually. So, but... Don't think for a second that if all the people in charge here thought that they could do whatever they want and also get away with it by making oppressive rules, they would have. Right. They just knew exactly. better than that. Yeah, they knew nobody was going to follow it. They didn't have enough jails to put us all in. But, um, but no, I think it's funny because... In America, I'm embarrassed to say this because I don't hold this belief about the UK. I think the UK's um, attitudes and their culture are based on the fact that last time there was a, a major war, they got like bombs dropped on their fucking heads and we didn't. So America likes to shoot its mouth off like we're the fucking biggest badasses. But like, wait till there's bombs being dropped literally in your fucking house in a war. And then maybe you'll change your attitude about who's a pussy and who's not a pussy. Right. Um, because Europe, yeah, they're war shot. They don't like being involved in wars like America does because we fight our wars on other people's ground. We don't, it doesn't come home to roost for us. Look how we cried over 9-11. We still every year have this big meltdown over 9-11 and it's like 3,000 people died. And I, I'm horrified by that. But like in other countries, like civilians are routinely killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It was sobering to realize when we were in England to uh, when we went to that church that was the ruins of the church were still standing where it had been bombed and yeah. the inside was destroyed, mm -hmm. but the outside was still standing. Mm -hmm. And to look around at the houses around there and think that, you know, there are people whose houses are here now um, who, you know, their grandparents house might have stood here before and was destroyed. Right. By a bomb yeah. in World War Two. Like, yeah. the people who live in this neighborhood have relatives who, yeah. who lived through this shit. Exactly. I mean, and we just, that's just a, it was a sobering moment for me to realize that, you know, here you might have relatives that have seen combat, but you will, you don't, you don't you didn't have. You didn't worry about a bomb. I mean, and my parents did the drills where they jumped under their desks at school, and I do think that a lot of the psychological trauma children faced during the A-bomb era <clears throat> cause them to be the crazy baby boomers they grew up to be but um no wh what i was trying to say though is that um so americans like to shoot off their mouth and be like oh england their police don't even have guns like they're not allowed to have guns like america's so tough you know and uh their prime minister is all look they got the police going after the prime minister listen the police are investigating their prime minister over a fucking party the police are investigating the prime minister over a fucking party. Meanwhile, our ex-president, who tried to overthrow the government, violently overthrow the government, nothing's happened to him. Nothing has happened to him. And there's so much evidence of all the people that were involved in this coup attempt in a, inside of our country, and we've done nothing to them. So the next time somebody wants to talk about what pussies they are in England because they don't have guns on every street corner, I support firearm, right to own firearms. It's, this is not about firearms. What I'm saying is America projects this tough image like we're so badass and we are the biggest cowards because you know what would happen in England if they took a noose to the palace and, and, and put up a gallows in front of the fucking Tower of London and shit? What would have happened? They'd have been locked up. And you think Vladimir Putin's going to put up with that shit? Your ass would be in the gulag if you went to Vladimir Putin's doorstep with a fucking noose and said you're going to take care of business. Vlad would be locking your ass up and still Trump got away with that shit and nothing happened to him. So America, I feel America is extremely, like, we're weak. We are extremely weak. We don't, at least the Democrats are extremely weak. Oh, no, Republicans aren't, too. They have to come up with secret code phrases <laughs> to say, fuck you, Biden, because they're just scared to say it out loud, apparently. I know, like, but what are they scared weak, of? Because they get away with everything. Weak. Conflict. Well, okay. They want to surround themselves with other people who will just be like, yeah, that's a good idea. God forbid somebody overhears them and asks them why they're saying that. 
Yeah, because I guess when people actually started going to jail, like the the at people at the bottom that were manipulated into going up there and actually trying to overthrow the Capitol, when those people started going to jail, they started rolling over. They started giving up their cell phones for lesser sentences. And a lot of their cell phones had messages to messages to people that that's how they're building this case against these congressmen who, you know, got the funding together, organized this stuff. And they, they better hurry be up and get a conclusion in the next two years. Or we'll never hear about it again. Nope. And that's the problem. That yeah. is the problem. It'll just get buried, but it'll get buried. So we only got a few minutes left here, but um, crazy enough with all the recent celebrity deaths, um, Betty White, obviously, we talked about, mm-hmm. and uh, Bob Saget died, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Meatloaf. Meatloaf, yeah. Yeah, who apparently was an anti-vaxxer. I don't know. I read a little bit about that. that people I didn't were, know that. Yeah, he's going, I don't know. Tabloids. I don't really read a lot of that shit. But it did make me realize that almost uh, actually we're a couple days past the, the year anniversary that Larry King died. Last oh, yeah, year, a while ago. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. How did I not yeah. hear about that? When you were talking about Howard Stern, it reminded me of it, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "How did I not fucking know that Larry King died?" Yeah, it was big news when he died. What the fuck was there I must doing? Must have been some other shit going on. What year was the January sixth thing? His son passed away like right before he did. I have no fucking idea. I don't Something know anything about Something happened his son. with Larry King that I remember. Like his, I think it was his son. Larry King Jr. still alive. Maybe he has a different son. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Blew my mind, though. Didn't fucking know Larry King died. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that was everything I had on my list, I think. Let me see um, here. I always feel like we're missing something. Yeah, I try to check the trending on Twitter and, you know, see what people are talking about. Um, oh yeah, here. So trending on Twitter was uh, the way Taylor Swift could end Joe Rogan with a single tweet at Spotify. What is the hold of? That's what they said. People like Neil Young and um, what whatever the other woman's name was, John, Joni, Johnny Mitchell, whatever. Really, the people that have all the power that could end this shit right now don't. Taylor Swift is another person that I absolutely can't fucking stand. Um, you know, before when she was just like this little pop singer, you know, great. But now that she's become the massive influence that she has and she just keeps her fucking mouth shut on literally everything so she can be like likable and marketable to everyone. Mm. I'm like, how much money do you really need, Taylor? Apparently all of it. So that you can keep your mouth shut about fucking everything. Like, I don't like people who are only concerned with making the most amount of money possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to state any of my opinions because I know it'll cost me to lose money. Like, fuck you, man. Even if your opinion is in the opposite direction, like, use your fucking platform to say something. Well, she did um, when it came to the governor, remember? No, I haven't heard her say shit about anything. Oh, yeah. She came out. Like, presidential elections, she never says anything except for, like, oh, go vote. But she doesn't say one way or the other. No, she was like that. But then she came out um, with Andy Bashir, and she was saying that people needed to vote for him and was way on the heavy on the Democratic and then they said, like, all these people, like, right-wingers who kind of idolized her as, like, the great Aryan princess, birth mother of all great, beautiful white children. Fucking strange. <laughs> no, because she's so fucking white. And, um, like, that they kind of worshipped her because of that. And, like, then whenever she came out and was, like, heavy on the Democratic side, they were like, oh, we hate Taylor Swift. It's like, well, you turn on her quick. Yeah, they, yeah. they turned on it. Well, that was all I had. Do you have anything else, Mick? Yeah, there was one thing I wanted to tell you. Um, I started watching this TV show Jermaine has been telling me to watch called uh, Archive 81, I think it is, on Netflix. And it's like a horror TV show, which typically I'm never a fan of. And it took me a few minutes to get into, but it has a very X-Files feel to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're looking for anything entertainment and mind-numbing to watch, um, that's pretty cool. I've, I've got to start Ozark Season 4, so... Um, there's that too, but, uh, oh, and I found this streaming app. You might like this. It's called Continuum mm-hmm. and it's spelled weird. It's like Kintin and then a space and you and then a space and then, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's got all of these clips on it. For, I think the shows span from like 1920 to 1960 and it's got like TV shows and movies and all oh. of that, but it also has, um, it's under the documentaries category, but it has these different clips. And I watched one the other day. It was only like 10 minutes long 
it was a news article about the Hindenburg mm -hmm. and it was a broadcast, but it was like no sound, obviously just had like the black placards with the expert, like the words on them. Mm -hmm. And um, then I watched another one that was like 15 minutes long. It was a guy explaining like, here's how nuclear fallout works. And like all the information is totally fucking inaccurate <laughs> that we, we know this now. Um, they're like, when fallout happens, it blows this dust and debris this way. And just everything he fucking said was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is all fucking wrong. Proven, mm -hmm. provably wrong now. But, um, I just love the, the, I don't know what kind of accent it is. It's not exactly transatlantic, but it's, it's a uh, very 1950s. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that broadcaster voice. Yeah. Right but it's here. not exactly the transatlantic accent. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like, Hey, you want cigarettes on your sandwich guy? But it's like yeah. kind of like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But, um, lots of interesting stuff on there and I haven't watched any of the, the movies yet, but you know, it's just got the very um time capsule kind of feel yeah thing. and it's mm -hmm. you know the woman on the front with the long flowing hair and the guy's got her like an embrace and it's like a story some romance story about a murder and a fucking love affair like it's so fucking classic old mm -hmm. movie drama mm -hmm. but um yeah continuum it's a it's a free streaming app and it's just mm. i like it for the documentary ones like i said the one about the hindenburg because it made me realize that that happened in 37 and the Hindenburg had Nazi logos on it. Right. Which somehow, probably not an accident, every photo that I've ever seen of the Hindenburg in a history book... Yeah, it doesn't have that. Doesn't show doesn't that. On there. But it's clearly on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we were talking about that before we got on the air, that, um, you know, a lot of people think of... We were in the war from, like, 41 to 45. So people think of World War II and the Nazis as being, like, in the 40s, but, like, the Nazi movement started way, way, way before that. Right, which I knew that Hitler had a rise to power once and then was jailed, but I guess I didn't realize... How I kind our, of always yeah, assumed... it took, like, 10 years to for him to get... I always kind of assumed that the war started in, like, 39 and ended in 44, 45, so I kind of thought, like, oh, when that shit started back up and it seemed serious, mm. the war started. But no, mm. like like I said, the Hindenburg was in 37, right. and they were already in power then. And, and we talked about um, not, um, you know, Hitler's American friends. There was a couple books I read about the Nazi movement in the United States, and um, there was a lot of people that supported um, Hitler and Nazis um in the united states and the you know the, the friends of new germany and um the bund and all that stuff and that all happened but then once we declared war with germany it was like they all just got quiet because they're like oh, we, mm -hmm. can't, we, we can't be seditious now because like well, we'd be on the wrong side i mean there probably were still were some people that believed it but they just were quiet about it but um no i the only think about x files when you mentioned x files um, there's an unknown space object that's beaming out radio signals every 18 minutes that Aww. they've discovered. Yeah. Um, it says, while mapping radio waves across the universe, astronomers happened upon a celestial object releasing giant bursts of energy, and it's unlike anything they've ever seen before. The spinning space object spotted in March 2018 beamed out radiation three times per hour. In those moments, it became the brightest source of radio waves viewable from Earth, acting like a celestial lighthouse. What the fuck? Astronomers think it might be a remnant of a collapsed star, either a dense neutron star or a dead white dwarf star with strong magnetic field, or it could be something else entirely. So it's like, nobody knows what it is. It's just out there, and it's like every 18 minutes, there's this burst of like brightness from it, so... That's pretty cool. Dude, I swear any time you're like just sick of regular politics or like things that they cover in the news, anytime you want to read something that's exciting or terrifying, just look up what news is, is new in space because oh, I swear yeah. every week there's something oh, there that they're is. finding. And it doesn't get, and science too. Never gets covered. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. any kind of new scientific, medical, uh, space discoveries, it's like mm -hmm. it never makes it to headline news unless they're like twisting the words around for it to seem like, I don't know. Every time I read something in the news, it's like mainstream news. They completely misrepresent what it actually yeah. is. Um, yeah. Fucking wild. But uh, typically pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I just finished uh, The Day After Roswell, Philip J. Corso, and I really have to say I was kind of disappointed in it. Mm. I mean, a lot of the UFO stuff was stuff that I had heard and other read about in other things, but it was so heavy and thick with Cold War, anti-Soviet paranoia, like you can tell it was written, it's written by some, you know, like, 
Don't you hate that when you can yeah. tell that the person who wrote it's got steeped bias? Like, right. Well, he worked. I didn't know this, but he went to work for um, uh, who was the oldest living senator that was the the racist guy. Um, he just died a couple years ago. Strom Thurmond. Yeah, Strom Thurmond. Uh, anyways, he worked for him. And uh, I don't know. It's like as soon as I heard that, I was reading the like, preface to it, listening to the preface. I was like, oh, this is like so like Cold Warrior bullshit. But anyways, yeah, I was kind of like kind of bummed out about it. But I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I'm well, still into it. But that's all I got, folks. I, uh, we are now concluding January. We won't be back until probably um, close to Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. two weeks from now. Um, we should get into a conspiracy topic next time. I got to admit that I've basically just been covering what's been in the headlines or reading a little bit, a little bit of the news um, because I'm kind of uh, throwing myself into trying to understand collectibles. And I started collecting VHS tapes and now I'm just obsessed with like the details of whether or not a certain print has a barcode on it and why. <laughs> so I don't sleep anymore. And also uh, Back to the Future is very expensive. Yeah. So that's well. It's like when when the political season was on, you and I were like two. You uh, drive yourself insane with right. It. You and I were like these two uh, stars like orbiting around each other, and we were like so in sync with the political stuff. And then when it all kind of like calmed down after the election, like Juke went on this, you know, eBay buying and selling frenzy business like on the side, and I got into baking. For yeah. Some what reason. the fuck? <laughs> I've been possessed by the spirit of my dead mom, perhaps, because she was all about baking cakes and stuff. And I just like crazy like baking cakes. And people were like, wow, that's really amazing. How long have you done this? I'm like, I just started. Yeah, same. I've been talking <laughs> to some people and they're like, oh, yeah, how long have you been uh, collecting? And I'm like, like two months. <laughs> I just don't sleep. This is why I go through hobbies. Yeah. Like faster than I go through underwears. I'm like, I'm just going to literally burn myself out on this i have to be the best at it in the least amount of time i know i I don't know why i do this shit to myself people are like all those flowers that on that cake look so great and i'm like yeah it only took me 27 hours (laughs) right yeah (laughs) because i'm so new but it's like i won't give up until i get that perfect flower so i feel it well uh that's all i got so we will see you guys in about uh two weeks this is juke signing off this is mick signing off